Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. Here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome back to the show, everyone. In late October of last year, Meyer announced a $60 million project to open a combined grocery store and mixed-use project on East Jefferson here in downtown Detroit. It will open in 2019. I was so excited as I thought it would have a dynamic impact on something we in the food bank world care deeply about, access to healthy, nutritious foods. The fact that the project is landing in downtown Detroit, a food desert in regards to retail grocery store, was and is a huge plus. Don't get me wrong, I'm still excited. In fact, we here at Food for Thought have reached out to Meyer and are in the process of having a representative on to discuss the project in an upcoming show. I don't often get accused of overthinking something, but I guess I can underthink something with some proficiency and regularity. I underthought this one. Addressing food deserts, pockets of places where people live that have little or no access to a retail grocery store, by erecting a store like what Meyer is doing on East Jefferson, is a step but only one step in erasing this blight of food insecurity on our urban and rural areas. A recent study entitled The Geography of Poverty and Nutrition, Food Deserts and Food Choices Across the United States reveals a lot to us about nutritional inequality. I simply, too simply I might add, thought if we put a grocery store in a neighborhood that didn't have one, then people would automatically shop there, have more access to healthy foods, and become, well, healthier. It's not that simple, I'm afraid. There is more to it than that. I should have known. Nothing worthwhile seldom is that easy or simple. It appears from the study that we learned two very important lessons about this work of creating food security and impacting lives for the better. First, eating, like many of the other daily things we do, is habitual. Let's conduct a test. Jerry and Mark are in the studio listening as I record this monologue for today's show. So, Mark, when you start to shave... Do you always start at the same spot on your face, or do you switch it up every morning? Same spot. Same spot. Hmm. Thought so. Jerry, you have a beard, so you can't do the shaving question. But you do wear dress shoes with laces most every day. Which shoe do you start tying with? Yeah, the right. And do you do the right one? Every time. Every time. See? It's habitual. We are creatures of habit, and eating is no different. Just erecting a store that offers access to healthier choices doesn't guarantee people will choose the healthier choice. There has to be more than just access. Education, for one thing, is also needed. Secondly, I learned that America's nutritional divide is symptomatic of a fundamental class divide within our society mirroring the same class divide that is evidenced in both fitness and obesity. Food deserts are representative of the greater problem of inequality. 
I'm excited that Meyer is investing in an area traditionally known for its lack of access to fresh food. It's a start and a good one. I hope others follow suit and find ways to flood the food deserts we have in our state with access to healthy, nutritious food. When they do, we will be ready to help people learn, understand, and encourage them to choose the best foods they can for their own sakes. Come back and be with Jerry and I in just a moment. Joe Garcia, the Executive Director for Crystal Ray Community Center, is our guest here in the studio. We'll be right back. Get in touch with the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Visit fbcmich.org. Welcome back to Food for Thought, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight here. Jerry Brisson is in the studio. Jerry, as always, thanks for being back. And it's great to be back. And uh, we have a phenomenal guest today, so I'm really <laughs> eager to get this show going. Let's do it. So Joseph Garcia, the Executive Director for Crystal Ray Community Center in Lansing, is a, a friend of mine, and he's also a partner in this great work of food security and so much more that is happening at Crystal Ray. So, Joe, welcome to food for thought. Thank you. Glad to be here. So let's back up and uh, start at the beginning just a little bit. Um, you have not been a nonprofit executive your entire career. I have not. I've worked in uh, I've worked in the private sector, actually, uh, um, corporate world. Uh, Fifteen years with a telecommunications company, and I had a little stint with uh, MSU, as well as a small business owner. Right. So. Um, so then you you made the mistake of volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it, it's it's actually coming back to um, coming back to nonprofits. It's almost now uh, a bookends as as far as a career goes. When I was in college, I made a commitment early on that I was going to commit my first five years of after graduating from college to a nonprofit, which I did. Mm-hmm. And I worked in the I worked for Head Start, right. early childhood development. And I did that actually for five years in a day. I moved into um, into a job with Lucent Technologies and telecommunications. But yeah, I've done a lot of different things, and I found my way back. But it did. Um, with Crystal Ray, anyways, the organization that I'm here today, yes, I have been uh, tied with them through a volunteer effort back in 1991, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. So I know that I, I say that jokingly, like uh-huh. you, you volunteered and uh-huh. oops, okay, now you're, now you're the executive director. Oh, there you go. There yeah, you go. So it's a great story, and I wanted people to hear that. Uh-huh. Um, but tell us just a little bit about Crystal Ray, how it started, and uh, some of the things that are going on there now. Sure. Crystal Ray is an organization that is really founded on a, a principle of people helping people. And that's mm-hmm. how we got going so many years ago in 1968. Over the years, it's been a lot of different things, uh, depending on what was needed on the north end of town primarily. Right. Um, community centers in its title, um, and that's a wonderful thing, and we all have in our mind what a community center is. Sure. I would say today we're best described as a safety net organization, though. Mm. So based on the needs of the of the neighborhood, we, we are a safety net. So today we're an organization that uses our gym not necessarily to play basketball, but to feed people. Right. And in, uh, in very cold days, it's a warming center. In very hot days, it's a cooling center. Mm-hmm. But primarily, the, it, is, it is set up to feed people. Um, it is set up to receive 
food distributions as well so that we can get them then handed out to the, the community. But that's how it's changed over the, right. over the years. And with a name like Crystal Ray, it has to have some or- origins in probably in a, in, a, in a Catholic setting. And does that continue today? Um, sure. Cristo Rey, and this is really interesting. I get asked it a lot. Cristo Rey is Spanish. So sometimes people will say, well, this is an Hispanic organization for Hispanics only. You translate Cristo Rey into English, it's Christ the King. Church affiliation, yes, you have to be affiliated with a church for the connection. This organization that is today, Cristo Rey Community Center, started in a, in a room at Cristo Rey Church that mm. was located at the time on the North End. Because here's what was going on. Um, Back in the early 60s, the north end of town was very Hispanic, Mm -hmm. very, very Hispanic, high population. And many many of these folks now settled into the area, moving from, let's say, farming into manufacturing. But here's the word of mouth for employment for, uh, for farm labor. So these folks coming up from Texas or Florida, you know, the word of mouth was go to the north end of town drive around until you see somebody that looks like you and ask for some help of like do you know which farm might be hiring this that and the other what then it turned out to be is that i'm here with my family or i'm here with my brother and we're looking for a place to stay or my child is of need of a, a crib and you know we came in the car i don't have room can you help out And these neighbors these more established neighbors that's what they did they helped out a lot of these established neighbors also happened to be Catholic, happened to go to Christa Ray Church. And finally, an effort to be a little bit more organized, went to the church and says, can we have some room here so I can, we can collect items and have them available so we can use your mimeograph machine, we all know what that is, right. to make copies of information of addresses so that other people can have and we can become more effective. That's how it came to be. Down the road, um, the city wanted to help hey, you need to, we will gladly help you, but you need to separate from this environment or establish yourself because there was no PR people in the room. They found a building next door and kept the name. We're already Crystal Ray. Might as well keep, you know, we're in Crystal Ray. We might as well keep calling it that. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. A little winded story. It's but a good it's an, story. It's a go. good story. And I'm it's a guessing if you used a mimeograph machine, there was a nun standing close by. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just what you need, buddy. That's Nothing the way more. that yeah. worked out. I know that story all yeah. too well. There right. you go. Exactly. Well, he's Joe Garcia. He's with us. He's the executive director for the Crystal Ray Community Center in Lansing. And uh, I wanted you to meet Joe, and I wanted you to hear a little bit of the backstory of Crystal Ray so that we can really talk about what you're doing now, because there are some phenomenal safety net uh, programming going on to help this community. And I think, it's, Jerry, it's really an example for a lot of our pantries across the, the, the network. I think you're right. And, and so much of your story and how, how this work has been getting done for so long, the word of mouth aspect of how people get help, still true today. Absolutely. Still yeah. true today. In spite of social media and better tools than mimeograph machines, there right? You go. And I, it's also your 50th anniversary. It's coming up. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. that's pretty yeah. exciting. And there's and it, a lot to talk about. Let's do it. All right, let's hold Joe over for another segment. We're going to come back with him. He's Joe Garcia, the executive director for Crystal Ray Community Center. That's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We'll all be right back. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. Welcome back to Food for Thought. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here in the studio with Joe Garcia, the executive director for Crystal Ray Community Center, located in North Lansing. And um, Joe, would you uh, kind of help us understand a little bit? You gave us the backstory of yourself and Crystal Ray, but but uh, the needs are a bit different today, and you've evolved to meet those needs. Absolutely, absolutely. We we find um, uh, there's a lot of folks out there that uh, working hard every day, you know, uh, trying to make their ends meet. Uh, a lot of the working poor out there. What ends up happening though, periodically, if something, uh, just some life incident that happens, mm-hmm. it can throw somebody off the tracks, and it could have a negative domino effect. Krista Ray is there to help uh, help. Uh, those families in need. And we do it through a, a medical practice. We uh, do counseling services. We do a phenomenal job in financial education. And of course, we feed people. And I've uh, um, been doing that for a very long time. And I'll tell you, in this process, we've learned a lot. Hmm. We've learned a lot of, uh, of how all these different uh, um, needs tie together, you know, to certainly help that person, uh, um, um, you know, get back on track. Right. Um, you know, food, food, food access is very much a passion of mine, and it is kind of a, it's a, it's a cornerstone issue for for um, for many in trying to find their way back to, um, you know, back on the tracks or mm-hmm. living a healthy life. Right. You know, we see a lot of folks that come into the center who aren't, you know, who aren't healthy, aren't well, and they know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why the practice has a great need out there, our medical practice, to help in that area. Um, but obviously, you know, people are coming in for food and other items as well, and, and we're there. And I'll tell you, there's, there's so many layers to it. I mean, yes, if someone's hungry, we need to be able to help with food. But we also always need to be looking at the next level on providing healthy food. You know, a healthy person is a, is a more functioning uh, mobile person, a healthy community, you know, mm. healthy foods in the, in the community, uh, you know, helps to create a sustainable, healthy community. All those things are wonderful and all those things are, are goals that we have. And yeah. people want that. And I, I think this is a really excellent point because um, it's not so much what we do to someone, it's what we do with them. Absolutely. And so our distribution at Gleaners has increased, our, our produce distribution, that is, the healthiest possible food right from far, farms is now almost half of our entire distribution. And it's not because we decided to do it as much as it is people saying, we know we need, we need this food and we don't get enough of it. And because it's perishable... It's expensive if we don't eat it. So you, you have this resistance from a financial standpoint to getting that healthy food if you have to buy it. So basic needs services like yours are playing a critical role in helping people find that balance of food they're going to pay for, food they need, and food that's going to keep them healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to tell you that uh, when we do our fresh fruit and vegetable distributions, that unfortunately we're only really doing them twice a month. The recipients, they call it the good stuff. That's exactly go. the words that they use. It's hmm. the good stuff. So, you know, and, and we need to be able to make sure that we can uh, have access to the good stuff because they know the, also the benefits of it. You know, I had my pantry coordinator just do a little unofficial data. 
uh, data gathering for us. And I, I want to share some of that, some of what she um, she came up with. You know, 88% of who she surveyed, you know, agreed with the statement, I wish I could eat more fruits and vegetables. But the common denominator in a lot of this, however, is but I can't afford it. You know, mm-hmm. 84% who were surveyed agreed that uh, with the statement that if I had more income, I would choose to eat healthier. 62% recognizing the fact that uh, it's, it's too expensive to eat healthy. Um, something that I think is, is quite powerful is that given the choice between eating healthier or, or eating more, that they would choose towards eating healthier. You know, people want to eat healthy. People mm. understand the benefit of it. Mm. Um, but uh, some of it is just plain, it's plain access. And believe me, our medical providers really want us to find ways to make sure that that happens because um, in the practice, we're dealing with medical issues that we might not otherwise have to deal with. You know, one of the things I noticed when I came in to Crystal Ray to visit with Joe, and I, I just want to make this point here, um, that uh, I walked to uh, Crystal Ray, right, in North Lansing, and you think uh, Hispanic community, you think that, I mean, if, historically. When you walked in, and I, there had to be probably seven, eight different people types, races, origins that I walked by on the way in. And I was going, you know, okay, this is not what I thought. This is not what I expected. And in the midst of all that, I just think that it's, I want to highlight the idea that, that, that Joe, you and your team, your, your, your medical doctors that are there all the way through your pantry coordinator, your financial counselors, the, the emotional and uh, uh, health counselors that you have there, uh, you're serving everybody. If they have a need and they're in your community, you're there for them. Absolutely. There's, there's no prerequisites to care. We talked earlier with uh, using the Spanish name for the center and or what, it, what uh, the meaning of it. Uh, there, there is no prerequisites to care. I spoke of the neighborhood and how we got going back in the 60s and who they served based on the neighborhood. But the natural demographic shifts have changed, mm-hmm. um, and we've adjusted with that as well. This is a safety net organization that is there for people. You know, and the strength of it, again, it's people helping people. That hasn't changed. Population mix has. Right. But, uh, but that desire to, to be there um, is, is there and will remain. One of the things we talk about, um, you know, periodically at least, is that a misunderstanding about feeding people is that it's just a Band-Aid. And that, you know, well, it doesn't really address the root causes. And one of the things that you just mentioned was, which I think is really true, and it's a, it's a very important message, is that you, you can't get the rest of the way up if you don't start with basic needs. That it's fundamental that if you want people to get employed, if you want them to get educated or trained in any way, you have to start with the fundamental, here, let's have something to eat. And that it, it provides two things, really. One is just basic respect. How can you look at someone in the eye who's hungry and say, you know, put that off and let's go into this job training program, right? <laughs> it just isn't respectful. Mm-hmm. I mean, so f- if you're going to talk about dignity, you've got to address. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? Well, effective is the second thing, right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's so important, these, these ideas about what this work actually does. And, and, and your message today is, is really important as we understand what it is we have to do as a community if we want to move people forward. Yeah, that's wonderful. 
I and and couldn't agree with you more in that logic. And it is, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of need. This is this is survival, and we need to help folks there and help them work their way up. And again, that's that comes back to uh, that comes back to healthy eating, you know, and and really for 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 us all. Most of us, well, us in the room here. I mean, we have access to to the good stuff, the fruits and vegetables, and the lean proteins and all that. But uh, many, many do not. Many who lack transportation, other issues are preventing them from being able to do that. There was an MSU study uh, done a few years back. Um, it basically said in the city of Lansing, there's really only four percent of the population that have a ten minute or less walk to fresh fruits and vegetables. Four percent. Four percent. Of the entire population of Lansing. Lansing, yes. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, others make up the gap, obviously, because they jump in the car and they go. And they're, you know, fortunately, you know, there's money in the wallet to make that happen. So on top of that, obviously, there's all kinds of other barriers. Wow. So I see I'm looking at your website here and just to backstop that statistic you just shared. It says one in eight household in Lansing struggle to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. And this is the capital. Yeah. You know, I'm really excited to have Joe Garcia here in the studio with us. Um, he is the executive director for the Crystal Ray Community Center. He And Crystal Ray Community Center is the largest partner for the Greater Lansing Food Bank, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. One of our members of our network, led there by Joe Wald. And so, uh, Jerry, we're going to come back and talk with Joe just a little bit more in the next segment. You come back and be with us. You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Welcome back to Food for Thought, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight with Jerry Brisson in the studio with Joe Garcia, the executive director for Crystal Ray Community Center in Lansing. And uh, you folks should have been here during the uh, break right there. It was a really good show, and we're going to try to have that again. <laughs> so, Jerry, a lot. You, you made a point. And, I, and I, when I throw it to you, let me tell you this. that Joe, you said something a few minutes ago, and uh, there's no pre- prerequisites for care. For care. I think that is a great statement, Jerry. Yeah, and I think it's it's easy to get into the numbers of one in eight or four percent, but fundamentally, what motivates most of us in this work, and I've been at this a long time myself, um, is the people. And and so we were talking about that a little bit, and now I'm going to throw it right to you, Joe, and say, talk about that. Sure. Well, the people are what matters, and that's that's the huge motivator. When I came into Crystal Ray, you know, four years ago, it really was the people that motivated me to really roll up the sleeves and help Crystal Ray be as sustainable as they possibly can be, because nonprofits in general struggle quite a bit. And, you know, there's so many stories, and it's hard to, to say I'm going to pick one, but let me, and I don't know that I can, but I can say it this way. I've had so many folks that would come back and said, we hit some hard patches in uh, throughout our life and you were there for us and thank you. I'm in a better place now and actually in a position to help and I would gladly do so. Thank you for what you do. I was, I am so glad that you were there for me. That is not a rarity. That happens quite a bit. And I'll tell you what, that is an incredible motivator. 
I worked in in uh, the Fortune 100 business. We, you know, we made we made money for our shareholders, and a lot of pressure there. But I'll tell you what, this this there's more pressure here because these folks really need us, you know. Um, and that is really the the motivator that we have every that uh, that that drives us every day, and. Um, you know, it's seeing kids smile. Um, it's, you know, with uh, Big Apple and, you know, taking a big chomp out of an apple or um, and then, you know, going and playing on the playground. Uh, it's the relief that people have because I'll have folks come in and they have, you know, there's prides in the way, but they say, you know what? It, it doesn't matter that I don't have anything, but my kids don't have anything to eat yep. today. Yep. And that you know that unfortunately is much more of a common story than not in the gratitude that um that they have for receiving uh these items and to be able to put some food on the table again incredibly motivating and that's why you know i see what we're doing today as yes this is good baseline care but there's plenty of room to be better to do better and again that's that whole conversation about healthy food and uh, um, collectively, we need to we need to make that happen. This is solvable. Uh, we're all making good efforts, but it's uh, we we have to keep at it. We have to keep at it, and that's what that's what really drives myself. That's what a lot of our folks are uh, are are centered on doing that. And and um, I think people can help in a lot of different ways. Please come and visit our website at uh, www dot cristo ray community dot org it's all one word cristo ray community dot org there's a lot of ways to uh learn how to help mm-hmm. uh learn more about us and uh certainly welcome your time your talent and your treasure thank you awesome you know jerry one of the things that um you two have in common is um when i first met you uh we took a tour of gleaners and as we walked by uh, every and I'm a hundred employees yeah. mm-hmm. up there, you you called virtually every one of them by name. And uh, in fact, a, a, a new driver, you said, "Oh wait, I don't know that guy." And you turned around and introduced yourself to him, and he said, "I've he been here two days." That day, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I hired in like uh, just in you know, just forty eight hours or something. And and so then when I went to visit with Joe at Crystal Ray in uh, North Lansing. Um, he did the same thing. Uh, not, of course, I mean, he knew his staff, but he knew the people in the center. Mm-hmm. I mean, we walked down into the gym where they were feeding breakfast, and he said, hey, let me introduce you to the, the guy who's doing the cooking here. He can make an omelet out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, it, and he, it's true. I mean, it, it was like he knew, it, he knew the people in his community. They knew him. And you know when I when I watch you two as leaders do that, it reminds me. And I've always taught this in a leadership or presented this in a leadership fashion for business settings and everything. But you guys have impressed it upon me in a totally different way. And here's what this is what Maxwell would say: People are your greatest asset, whether you're your, your employees or whether they're your clients in the business world, whether you're your customers, right? But when I listen to you two talk about the, the potential of the people who are struggling in our community, it makes me realize that the people we're serving are also 
our greatest asset. And a huge part of the solution. And we're going to get the most help from the people that not only know the help they need, but also are working with us, alongside of us, to say, if we do it this way, we're going to get farther faster. And we all have things to learn. But I think there's a there's an inaccurate assumption that it's a one-way street in terms of giving and getting. The people we help have a lot to give, and they will give, and they want to give. And he illustrated, Joe, you illustrated that. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and, and that's certainly the case. And, and also, you know, folks who give get just as much out of it as those who are receiving. It is a mutually beneficial sure. interaction. It's a wonderful thing. But yes, we're, we're talking, I mean, the folks that utilize our services, some maybe once, twice, some a little bit more often, but it's because of uh, where they're at. Uh, it, uh, it doesn't mean, well, it just means that's where they're at. It also means, well, I'm fortunate that we're there to be able to help. But there is, there is a lot of misunderstanding on who is uh, utilizing the services that, that we all provide. Yeah. yeah, right. I agree with you. He's Joe Garcia. He is the executive director of Crystal Ray Community Center. And you can find them at crystalraycommunity.org. That's all spelled out, crystalraycommunity.org. He's been our guest today on Food for Thought. Joe, thanks for making the drive down. We appreciate it. Oh, it was a joy. Thank you so much. Great. Well, Jerry and I will be right back to wrap up this edition of Food for Thought. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight, presented by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Once again, here's Dr. Phil Knight. We're back here for Food for Thought. Jerry, I really enjoyed having Joe Garcia in the studio. Passionate guy, in it for the right reasons, dedicating his handful of life to some really important work. Yeah, and what an organization, Crystal Ray. I mean, what I like to just like replicate that across so many of our networks. I mean, he said they are a safety net organization. They might have started out as something else, but now they've evolved and grown into this tremendous organization that's helping people meet their basic needs and has evolved and i and i think that is really important one of the things that i know from seeing it myself in so many years in this work is that poverty though the numbers may seem like they don't change much it is not static for the people in it people move on a lot of people are successful and don't need the help again but People come in and out of poverty. They work themselves out of it. Then something happens. It can be as simple as a flat tire one week, right? right. That that causes them to have to spend more money than they expected, and they're back down to needing help again. Um, so, you know, I, I like the way that, that Joe emphasized how their organization has evolved as people's needs have changed, and they're helping people that look different than they did in the 1960s when they started out. Yeah, I, I, I like some of the... I don't like just what he said. I like some of the how he said it. Yeah. So he looked yeah. at he looked at food insecurity and he called it a cornerstone issue. Right. Now you and I are, you know, I don't know, disciples of Abraham Maslow, uh, and he even brought up uh, Maslow's hierarchy of need himself. But I, I've never really heard food security. Uh, I guess phrased in that manner of being a cornerstone issue, but I like it. Uh, well, I'm not surprised because I believe that you're saying is food first 
Yeah. Pretty similar thing to say, I think. You you have to take care of these issues. And and we talked a little bit about just being respectful. If if a family member came to your house and they said, Gosh, you know, Phil, I haven't eaten in a couple days, what's the first thing you would do? Say, How's your education coming along? <laughs> You know, oh, can you, I read this great book the other day. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. What would your response be? Just you wouldn't even think about it. You would say, "Come in. We're not going to do anything else until we get you something to eat." You would just do it, right? right? And most of us would. Most of us would. And we get a little confused when we put numbers on these issues because we stop recognizing that this isn't about numbers. It's about what you do. So, you know, Jerry, if that happened to me once, if my brother or my sister came and, and said, hey, I hadn't eaten in a couple of days, and I'm, boom, you're right. I'm in the kitchen. We're getting something prepared. I'm probably even thinking what their favorite is, and I'm going to make that, and buffalo chicken macaroni and cheese or something, you know, and, and make it. But if it happened two and three and four times over a period of weeks, I would begin to question, and I would begin to would I feed them? Yes. But I'd also want to have a conversation after that. And I think that's the right order, right? That's exactly right. We don't want to be the enablers of a lifestyle that is that is not evolving, is not becoming something more than what it could be and should be. But at the same time, we got to do it in the right order. Right. Right. And as you give the food and you you create the trust and you begin to spend time with whoever it is that's coming to you um, and you learn more about their life, you also can impact them more in the other ways, too. Hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we talked about how food communicates value and people don't want to get help from somebody who doesn't give a crap about them. (laughs) You're right. I mean, it's a lot easier to accept help and to ask for help and to be honest and work on issues when it's somebody you trust and know cares about you. It's just the way that system works inside all of us. right? Right. So it is a cornerstone issue, not just because you have to eat before you can learn, but because it's establishing a relationship Hmm. built on trust and mutual respect. And communicating value. Right. Exactly. The other thing he said I thought was good, and you'll probably have to help me with this word because I don't do it very well, but he said there were no prerequisites. Thank you. That's right. Yeah, for care. Yeah. I thought that was, I can't say that word, but I thought it was a really great (laughs) way to say it. You know, um, Communicating basically uh, that no matter who you are, if you need help, come get help. Hmm. And and in my experience of this work, again, going back for many years, the importance of that is people wait too long. People wait too long to get help. Our own sense of shame and our own belief in ourselves and our and our thought that we have got to do everything ourselves. And I know there's a there's another story out out here that says no no people are are bilking the system. Certainly you can find it if you're looking for it. But most of the time, the people that come for help have waited too long. Right. Before asking for help. And so his reiteration of there's no prerequisites, what he's trying to say, I think, in part at least, is get help when you need help because then you can move on to solving bigger problems that maybe have gotten you into this place. Yeah, I think it, I, when, it, when I heard him say that, it reminded me of a shared value within the food bank network and our history. And that is if you need help, if you need food, we're going to give you food. In other words, there's not so much a 
income requirement and so many forms to fill out. I mean, if you're willing to stand at a parking lot for a mobile distribution to get food, then obviously you need it. I mean, as as you say, we try to make it as uplifting as we can. We want to give people a lift, not a load. But still, people know they're coming in order to get help. Right. And it's difficult. And, and I and I can't tell you the number of stories that I've heard from people who, you know, uh, the, the heartbreaking stories, the mom with the kids that, that got in line at a pantry, saw one of the people she used to work with helping to distribute food, volunteering, and walked away because she was embarrassed mm. and then wept bitter tears because she didn't have dinner that night. Wow. For her and her family. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I would just say if you put yourself in that same situation, you, you can't judge it till you've been there. You know, that that was extremely painful for that mom. Sure. And um, it and I think it would be for any of us. Right. And so when we help people, we, we try to imagine that this is something difficult and we're trying to make it as as uh, dignified as mm. possible. Right. Well, it's time for a little food for thought. Choice is perhaps the most powerful and precious gift we've been given. The right and responsibility that comes from choosing is a human dignity that no matter a person's economic plight should ever be diminished. My co-host, Jerry Brisson, who has given his life to this work, often says, we have to give people the food they both want and need. A simple concept that is embedded with dignity, respect, and helping people understand there are better choices for them without making them feel less for not already knowing. That's our goal, and creating a food-secure Michigan is our mission. Catch up on Food for Thought shows at foodsecuremichigan.org. Follow me on Twitter at DrPhil14, that's DrPhil14, and tune in every week here on WJR for the show that is changing the conversation about food security here in Michigan. Thanks for listening, and until next week, remember, food first, folks. Food first. Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.